I have come to lead you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to St. Paxton. I am your Game Master, Veronica. Hi, I'm Stacy, and I play Bellamy Deepno, whose name I almost forgot. Hi, my name is Fred, and I play Edward Worthington III. I'm Steph, and I play Clara Carter. Hi, it's Mike Lane here, and I'm playing Nicholas Watley. Hi, I'm Ben Stonick, and I play Maxwell Anderson. Whew, everyone, times here in St. Paxton are getting wild and dangerous. So in order to help you cope, I want to have everyone refresh their luck. Okay, now for those of you that are wondering how your luck is refreshed, let me explain. At the start of each session of play, each player makes a luck recovery roll. This is rolled in the same way as for normal skill improvement, which we haven't done yet, but I'm excited to tell you about. The player rolls 1d100, and if the roll is higher than their current luck score, they add 2d10 plus 10 to their luck score. If the roll is equal to or less than the hero's present luck score, it's 1d10 plus 5 points recovered. You may never have more than 99 luck points. And that makes sense because the more luck you spend, it's more advantageous to roll higher. So prior to you explaining that, I rolled a 51 and my luck is 52. And I'm like, oh, yes, I got it under. And then you described <laughs> how it actually works. I'm like, fuck, I only get a D10 plus 10. Sorry, BD. All right, I get 15. I got lower, so I get 1D10 plus 5. That's 18 points. I'm back to full. I am also at full. Okay, I get 2D10 plus 10. So I made a mistake uh, on the back of my character sheet. I was tracking for the last time we played, which was the 20th and I have 22 luck points. So I definitely get more points, but I have a lot less points than I thought. So I get 24 back and I'm up to 46 now. Now, don't forget to check out your talents because sometimes you'll have extra luck based on the talents that you have. Oh, you're right. Cause I recently changed. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Smooth talker to lucky. I rolled under, so I got plus 10 luck, which puts me at 98 out of 100. Oh, 99. You have 99 luck? No, I have 98. Can you spend your luck points? <laughs> I have 22 right now. I used a lot, and then I got a new character. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, Fred, you're going to gain an additional plus 1d10 luck points uh, whenever you make your luck recovery rolls. So I'm up to 50 points now. Mm-hmm. I'm up to 83. Okay. So y'all have been asking me for the last, oh, I don't know, like two years. Guys, how, Veronica, how can we level up these characters? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Who cares? We're playing a game. We're having fun as friends. (laughs) All right. 
Upon completing a segment of the game, investigators are granted the chance to increase any skills they successfully used in their investigation. Any successful skill used in your game should be checked with the little tag next to your character sheet. So you know how you have all those little boxes? I was wondering what those were for. Uh, so when you successfully use <laughs> any of those skills, you're going to put a little check mark next to it. And then when we get to the end of like an arc, so for us, like a season, or if you guys figure something like huge out, you're going to uh, add 1d3 points to that skill mm. thing. 1d3? Yes, yeah, so you're going to take a uh, die six, divided, die six by two. divided by two. Okay. Gotcha. So... Sorry. <laughs> it feels like I used all of these successfully, so that's fine. Yeah, I'm just going to go down the list <laughs> yeah, here. I know what Max's is going to look like. Yeah, I'm fine. We've already right? completed like five arcs, guys, so we should be like having a lot of these points. Yeah, so I guess I just everything, just to make up for it, we just three for everybody across the board, all of your stuff. That seems fair, actually, except for accounting. None of you have used that. Well, no. Have, have we completed an arc? <laughs> That's a great question as well. Because you guys keep on resetting. So oh. there is that. That's why we haven't leveled up. It's all the resets. But you know what, though? I would say that whenever you got to the end of the Finding the Missing Children, that would have been a good reset. Uh, that would have been a good one. Well, didn't we level up in the different system, though? Oh, yeah, I think you're we were sure still right. On and then trail. we moved to the other one. Okay. Yeah. We kind of like upgraded to pulp too at that point, which was yeah, nice. It was kind okay. of a level up. Yeah, see, that was a level in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Let's not mm-hmm. get too upset at me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I like this character sheet. I'm okay with it. Like somebody feels guilty because nobody's upset whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Watley's really underpowered. I'd be pissed. Out of here, Mike. Yeah, Mike Lane. I'll fucking knock you out. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn! I levitate and shoot fireballs out of my hands. Yeah. <laughs> How many sanity points do you lose? I don't know. Like two. It doesn't. It says I don't. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> I have an infinity uh, symbol where the numbers should be. So yeah, yeah he does. Uh, except for fast talk, like everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. everything on that one. Thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> So that's how that's how advancement will go going forward. Well, luckily, I, re- I did remember everything I did successfully do. So I went ahead and checked all that. Thank you. So since we're talking about advancement, can we just assume that we're going to make it through this? Maybe. <laughs> uh, you, you could. could. <laughs> yeah, <here you> go. <laughs> it's not going to be right, but you can assume it. <laughs> can I also say that whenever you guys advance, whenever you're doing these uh, skill checks as well, any skill that you raise above 90% also increases your sanity by 1d4. <gasps> so, and that's a permanent increase up to 99 <gasps> Um, and we'll talk about um, how you're going to be able to refresh your sanity at a more rapid rate a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, there's that's where we are as far as housekeeping and learning the rules of this game go. Bellamy, you wake up. Um, I will stretch, get out of bed, and walk over and slightly open the curtains and see where the sun is, if it's even up. The sun is in the sky. If you would like to use a natural world, if you'd like to see where the fucking sun is in the sky, instead of looking at a clock, then you can do that. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. That sounds great. 
All right. Uh, I got a 14 out of 65, which is a hard success. All right. You look in the sky and you can tell that it is anywhere between 2.30 and possibly 2.45 p.m. I will finish opening up the curtains, get some light in here, and notice that I am alone. Probably go next door, knock on a door real quick to see if anybody answers. Uh, No one does, but you do notice that there is a lot of swag in your room. Lots of swag. Interesting. Okay. Uh, With nothing else to do, I will just kind of go through the bags. I've I've been feeling kind of out of sorts with everything. And um, so I'm just kind of taking my time to puzzle some things over. Maybe I will use a psychic focus. Can there be, because I wouldn't have brought it with me, can there be some tarot cards? Of course there can be. You know how in our world there is a Bible and a Book of Mormon in every single <laughs> nightstand? Well, in St. Paxton, in every hotel, there is also a deck of tarot cards yes. and like a cloth altar. That's just, that's going to be standard going forward. Awesome. All right. Um, so... I will go back into the room and uh, open the drawer and find myself a deck of tarot cards. And I'm going to I'm going to do a nice uh, Celtic cross spread. It's big. It's going to give me some answers so I can sort through some shit. Okay, let's do it. How do you cut your deck? So I'm going to shuffle while I meditate on the current situation and what, you know, I'm going through and everything that's been going on. I will cut it three times on the bed in front of me and then choose to put the middle pile on the top. Okay. You're going to pull your first card representing the present, the self. So that is going to be the world reverse. What does that mean to Bellamy? It means that there is... An ending coming, a good one, but uh, something seems to be in my way. Okay, and let's pull a second card for the problem. What what the challenge in front of you may be. That is the magician, which is again reversed. And what does that mean to Bellamy? Illusion, trickery, deceit. So maybe it's a who rather than a what that's holding me back and keeping me from what I need to do. Okay. Uh, Let's pull the third card for the past. How did whatever's happened in your past shape the current situation? Uh, Wheel of Fortune. This one's (laughs) a little on the nose. Uh, It's like the never-ending cycle of change. So, like, you have seasons, the setting suns, and the rising moon. What goes up must come down, all that stuff. Cycles that change but repeat. Uh, They always said that history repeats itself. And in our case, it's literal. So. Okay. And let's pull the fourth card for the future. What may be is the hanged man. And what does that mean to Bellamy? So another sacrifice. Uh, It doesn't have to be literal. Nobody, nobody else is going to end up like Todd. It's fine. I'm going to quickly move on from that. Okay. And you're going to pick up the fifth card of your 10 card draw 
for the conscious, the card that explores what you're focused on or where your mind is. We have the chariot. Uh, Also makes sense. Things are absolutely crazy and control is needed. And I need to grab the reins of the situation and move forward, but with enough inner balance to be steady. Okay. And what about the unconscious card six? The seven of cups. And what does that mean to Bellamy? Um, So this is like the ultimate promise of something most desired, but you never get it. So it's always out of reach. What is, what is the thing? What is the thing that she wants? I want knowledge to find Darius, a time and a place where things are good. We're all alive. We're together. We're happy. Let's move on to influence. Seventh card. Um, the Queen of Cups reversed. Okay. And so for that, that's usually how you see yourself. So mm-hmm. the Queen of Cups reversed, what does that mean to you? Um, that's going to mean that everything that I am usually is different. It's, it's gone. It's not gone, but it's, it's changed. So, uh, Bellamy was very warm and she was very loving and she had empathy and understanding and it's, all fucked up now. So I'm not seeing stuff like I used to. Is this who I want to be going forward? Can I change that? Do I have a choice? Um, I think I'm going to make a little note for myself to get some jasmine tea and some jasmine oil uh, so I can do some, some rituals with that. Okay. And let's pull the eighth card for external influence. Um, The card that represents the world around you and how it affects the situation. All right. Uh, This one is the emperor. This is definitely Edward. And it's also reversed. So it's not surprised that it's reversed either because it's the same thing for him. Who he was, he is not now. He's different. You know, he executed that kid without hesitation. He's always kind of been our leader, which is another part of the car, a card. But like now he's leading us blindly and into who knows what without thinking shit through. Like it's just different. He's different. Okay. And let's draw the ninth card. This represents your hopes and fears. All right. Is it going to be hope? Or are we going to continue the very obvious theme? The Ten of Swords. Fear it is. Ah, we're looking at betrayal. One that's been coming for a while. But will I be betrayed? Or am I going to be the one who's doing the betraying? And let's go to your 10th card, the outcome, the summary of all of the previous cards. The 10 of cups, which is supposedly a happy ending, but not until the pain of everything before it can crush down on us. So the moment of contentment is supposedly supposed to make all of this shit worth it. But is it ever really worth it? Um, All right. So looking at this, 
and everything that has come up from it. I think all of this, all of this is Edward and I. What if the thing that's promised but can't be reached is referring to power? Like uh, the kids that wanted Todd, they wanted his power to wash over them and all that shit. And now they're fawning over Edward. What if he's going to get lost in their admiration and lust for power? So what if, okay, I've got to stop him from going to that youth group thing and change the course because otherwise we're going to be in some shit. We're opposed. We're literally against each other at this point, according to this reading. We're on opposite ends. Okay, so you make your notes, your shopping list for your rituals, all of that good stuff, and um, you sit with this for a little bit. And are you ready to clear your altar? Uh, yeah. You clear your altar, and your senses are assaulted by a psychic vision. You see Darius swimming through an icy ocean. The scene in front of you goes from the inside of the motel to this hazy gray. And it's almost like two videos are sort of like lapsed on top of the other. So you can still see your room, but you also see very clearly this very icy ocean. There's a lot of ice like just on the top floating around and you see him swimming through it and in the distance there is a light. You would assume it's a lighthouse just based on where he is but as he makes it to the shore you notice that it's not necessarily a lighthouse. It's a tower and it looks very much like a tower in one of your favorite tarot card decks and you can just see in your mind a lightning bolt that's just waiting to crash through and to see people falling out of this particular tower he crawls up onto the shore and he's not shivering or anything despite his hair immediately being covered in ice And he makes his way up to the tower door and he starts banging and banging and banging. And you almost feel like the inside of the motel is like shaking every time he hits the door. Your vision goes dark and then it's assaulted by a lot of brightness. So it just looks like a blinding white as someone opens the door for Darius and he walks in. The person that he's following, you can't quite make out who they are, but they look somewhat familiar to you, like you've seen them recently, but you just see the back of their head. And he's escorted into what looks like a large study or a library. The bookshelves go up just stories and stories, and there are ladders upon ladders to get to the different books and things in there. And a big fire pit is in the corner. So he sits by the hearth and he's kind of warming up. And you just stay there with him for what seems like a really long time. And it's almost like you're sitting in the chair across from him. 
and you look up and you meet his eyes, but he's not really looking at you. He's looking through you and he's completely dry now. So you can assume that a good deal of time has passed. And then you notice that his ears perk up when he hears movement from behind you. Do you turn around to see what's behind you? Yes. There's a woman that comes through a back door and she walks and sits behind a desk. It's a really large, you know, kind of executive looking desk. And it has like these small orbs all over it. And the orbs kind of swirl and make weird mystical looking movements. And there are stacks of books. There's some writing. And she looks vaguely familiar to you, but she looks older than the person you think she might be. But you can't quite put your finger on who this is. You know, I wouldn't come here if it weren't a last resort. And what makes you think I would ever help you? I'm a monster in your mind. What is it you call us? Abominations? Despite what I might think, you are one of the most brilliant minds in any world. Oh, give it a break. What kind of trouble have you gotten yourself into? I mean, this, you coming to me, this is not your MO. You never ask for help. You disappear. You let the chips fall where they may, and fuck everybody else. Well, I don't think it's just my trouble anymore, Mary. I, uh... I used your likeness <laughs> and be no, hilarious. that's impossible. The Mason bloodline is protected. We cannot be copied, and our essence cannot be used without our consent. Except I have. I was even able to use a version of you to cast a spell I've only ever seen a mason be able to use and live to cast again. How? I, uh... Well, I, uh... used the magic of a thousand-year curse from... Oh, God! You idiot! You cannot bestow power and magic to Clementine and then pull it away and expect to control it. I mean, it's all tainted. All of it. The power, the magic, it's all tainted. Yeah, I know that now. Just just help me fix it. Please help me. Fix? What's to fix? The damage is done. I mean, just let the world collapse and be done with it. Yeah, but we can't do that. Uh, at least not anymore. Why? Because he's seen it. No. Yogg-Sothoth. <laughs> uh, are you kidding me? Why would you even bring this to me, then? This is irreversible. You've been caught, Darius. Mm -hmm. You've been 
seen, mm-hmm. you're collected. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before all of them invade your creation yeah. and bend and contort it to uh, their yes, will. But I, I have reason to believe that my creation is being protected by Yog Sothoth. So. Okay. Oh, you're delusional. No, you are kidding yourself, Darius. Yogg-Sothoth is not loyal to demigods or ideas or whatever little science project you've cooked what? up. Yogg-Sothoth is loyal to no one. Okay, his spawns inhabited, and, and they've drawn upon the powers of their father, and until recently there were no indications that the island was known. But now they've found the gray as well. Oh, and, well, of you know. course. Of course they found an in-between place there with the spawn of young Sothoth. Also, it doesn't matter if his spawn inhabit the place. That doesn't mean it's safe. Just ignored. Eventually, he'll open the gates. And this place of yours will be seen by all of them. Well, my... It's inescapable. Yeah, but my Alari has found the Grey, too. And she pulled that boy from the world of cats through the Grey and into the... Does that make it better? Oh, my God. If your Alaria is making its way into the Grey, then things are worse than you're even telling. Yeah, I know. Do you? Do you know what you've done? I mean... You've possibly exposed my sanctuary just coming here. Oh, God, who am I kidding? You're not a demigod. You're just a stupid man, and you're just parading as a god, pretending to harness magic and science. How moronic can you be? Who do you think you are? You know, my creations... I found the gray too. Oh, great. Uh, I, I, okay, so it wasn't meant to be like that, though it was meant to be a nice place. It, it, no magic, no... Okay, I, stop. I get it. You made yourself a fish tank, an ant farm. And now the fish and the ants have evolved through Clementine's magic. Wait. wait. How does Clementine... The life they've lived in St. Paxson is, uh, it's, it's corrupted. Mm-hmm. One of my creations has been killed, uh, despite imbuing them with magic of their own, and, um, that's, uh, it, it's, it's killing. Killing Clint. Clint, yeah. Okay, now I understand. It's not because of your creations. It's not because you care. It's because of Clementine. When they die, she dies, right? Yeah. And what about the others? I mean, you did populate the whole thing, right? You didn't just try to put a few in a perfect garden, right? I mean... We all know how that attempt went south. Yeah. Yeah, I populated the whole thing. I mean, some from my imagination. Some oh, were copycats God. from other worlds. Into- okay, I-, I placed a spell on the island that would reset everything and everyone when my family got too powerful. Or, <laughs> or if things got too chaotic. I mean, I- God, 
eventually the other island inhabitants started remembering past lives. <laughs> because they evolved, so. and you were too dumb to shut it down. I wanted to make a nice place for Clem. But it's spinning out of control. Uh, yeah, but it was a home for her to return to with people like her that she could fall in love with and, and take care of. But the, the whole thing is backfired and it's killing her. The family she created and the home I built are on fire. Okay, that's. I get it. Understood. Lucky for you. And, you know, honestly, despite you. I do like Clementine. You should. She was like a mother to you. Okay, and more than that, you've compromised my bloodline. And I cannot have that. Let me see it. Let me see this uh, creation. Bellamy, I'll see you see Darius, and he puts a small orb and out of his pocket and onto her table. The orb has a dark pink glass swirling about it with green, yellowish green spots that appear to be raining inside of the orb. Once the orb is placed on the desk where Mary sits, the gas settles low and a small scorpion appears. And Mary rises from her chair and hovers over the orb and smiles brilliantly at Darius. The scene d- dissolves before you, and your vision goes dark. As you feel the surface in front of you, the cards are still laying in front of you, and you strain to hear the last part of the conversation. Take a look. My false Alaria and her Nighthawk have gone mad. Completely unhinged. Yes, and they won't survive this encounter. I mean, she's not Alaria here. She's the killing machine, 42. And it looks like she's recruited this little Nighthawk character to join her. Unless we intervene. And are you willing to pay the price, demigod? Are you willing to extend their lives when you know the cost for everyone? They'll be seen, and you'll be dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. I, uh, I've made my peace. You open your eyes and you're sitting in front of the altar that you were trying to put away. But now all of your tarot cards are suspended in the air, swirling around you by some unseen force. When you take your next breath, because it seems like you might have actually been holding it, all of the cards fall from the air and on the bed and floor around you. Max. Max has just closed the door and Alaria comes through. Uh, You see her just on the other side of the door. 
and she pauses. Do you have anything to say or think before she makes her next move? Oh, shit. So she extends her arm as though she's about to just punch you right in the face. Uh, But because she has such an epic fail on this, she lunges forward and in like kind of a slow motion, drunken, you know, kung fu magic, you just, you know, swerve out of the way as you watch this gigantic fist punch what would have been your head, but ends up being the air beside you and then pull out. Unfortunately, that is not her only turn. And you will feel a sweep of your legs as she kicks your legs out from underneath you and you fall to the ground. And I'm going to give you just one hit point of damage there. The rest of you hear this big, like, boom as Max's tailbone just juts into the fucking floor. And then you see that the door has closed and there is that Alaria person standing there in the room with you. You hear from the other side of the door that has now been closed a kind of knocking, but you can't make out who that is. Edward, it's your turn. At this point, once again, since I used my power to try to heal her I would not be able to, like, heal myself. Is that an understanding, or is it that I have to try again? You understand nothing about this magic, so you can try anything. Got it. I also cast um, Earthly Serenity on you. Oh, that's right. So you're super calm and focused. Great. Give yourself a bonus die if you're going to try and do the spell again. Okay. So I actually will try to access my powers again i think the knowledge of the 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 cultist children you know kind of worshiping me and bringing that information to me and then i'm not sure if watley expressed what he was doing but once clara kind of places my hand on her cheek and then watley's spell takes place i do feel a sense of calm and I think it kind of bolsters my personal confidence to try my power again, something that I know that I have inside of me. So what do I need to roll? So it is like rolling advantage in 5e D&D. So you're going to roll three D10s. Um, You'll do two of them with the two digits, and you're going to take the lower result of the two. Okay, so my first roll is a 19. So I'm going to roll again uh, and then 69. So I'm going to take the 19 and my power is 65. Okay. So you are able to harness the power within you. And because you feel calm and serene, but perhaps because Clara is there and you don't understand Watley's powers or anything, you might actually think that you're getting this kind of magic from Clara and not necessarily from Watley. So you are able to reset yourself and you are no longer bleeding from your eyes. Excellent. Okay, I think that would probably be my turn. Mm-hmm. Watley? I'm sorry, do you go by Nicholas or Watley? 
I, everybody's just been calling me Watley, so. Okay. When in Rome. So you see that Edward has placed his hands over his eyes and there's some kind of like light or something that happens that absorbs all of this blood. So instead of it healing, you just notice that the blood like sucks into his hands and then his palms are like covered in this blood and then it seeps through his skin. And now his eyes are clear. He looks calm, all that good stuff. You also see that you have been trapped in this room with Alaria, the person that you met in the secret room of the Starfire. Alaria, what is the meaning of this? Why is Mary hurt? Do you want to hold an action or? While I'm saying this, I will reach in and grab my machete. And draw it out. Is there a trigger for when you would use that and what you would do with it? I'm positioning myself between Alaria and Mary. So if she approaches near, then I would strike at her. Okay. Clara, you hear as Watley starts speaking to Alaria as he draws this really large knife. So I saw Alaria attack Max, right? Mm-hmm. How threatening does she look right now? Does she look poised to Such continue her attack? Such a great question. Yes. So she seems sweaty. She's just like drenched in sweat. Her eyes look crazed. There are veins popping from her forehead. Her neck is really tense. And there seem to be like things happening inside of her suit that you can hear but can't necessarily see and she looks like a like battle crazed right now okay so seeing that she's clearly threatening to us and that Edward seems to be doing well I'm going to put my hand in my pocket and pull out the container with Todd's ash and I'm going to open it and say Twiggy I I can't do this alone I need your help I we have to save my friends I can't be alone please as you say this to Twiggy and you look up you see an eye in the center of this room. It looks like a large blue eye that's just observing the whole scene. And when you make eye contact with it, you know how you can tell when someone's eyes, just by their eyes, they smile? You see that and you don't know if that gives you comfort or if that makes you really weirded out right now but you know something else is watching you. Twiggy says, Um, but I need to consume something in order to um, help because I am quite weak, actually. Can you consume the ash? Oh, no, I was just getting that for a spell component. Um, I eat blood, Clara. 
God damn it, I thought you needed the ash. Um, I thought I was being really helpful in telling you that we should probably collect the ash because it would be yeah, very that, useful. It, that I, was very I, helpful. So no, it's it, okay. I just didn't have the details. Perhaps sorry, now is the time to go over that. Fair. Can you use some of my blood or can you take some of Alaria's blood to stop her? Sure. I can try okay. anything. But since you said you first, I'll oh, start boy. there. Okay. Um, I, I just can't seem to make myself want to take a bite out of you. So, um, let's try the other one. And with a two, okay. you plunge your arm out and it's almost like you've lost control of your body because you get extraordinarily tall. Edward, Watley, and Max, you see as this, like, just tree-like structure comes out of Clara's legs and it's like only her torso is still human and she pulls out these like long arms and she just lunges towards Alaria. Max, you see as Alaria's face is driven into the wall behind you and there is this like heartbeat sound as you can hear the blood going from Alaria and into this wooden arm of Clara. I drop the edge of my machete slightly, confused by the scene. Max, it's your turn. <laughs> Holy shit! What? Oh, God. Oh, also, everyone roll sanity for me, please. <laughs> Including me? Yeah, or- I think so. <laughs> okay. Do I still have blood in my eyes and not see yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, you screwed up, dude. You should have waited a turn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm holding my ass and closing my eyes like a cartoon character going, ooh, so I don't actually see it. I, I, I do not see. <laughs> okay. <sighs> So I did roll a 14, so I think I am good. I rolled 31 out of 95. I got a 59 out of 65, so. Good. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 96 out of 50. Look, okay. Max, you watch as your friend turns into this tree creature, and it reminds you of this Story that you read so long ago um, about two little hobbits and they were making their way through some tree jungles and then they made friends with the trees but the trees were actually really rude so you don't know if she's going to have this like change in personality now but everything that you knew about what this island is who your friends are is fucking changed like things are weird here now and you are not okay with that as you lose four points of sanity you come up with what you think is the most brilliant plan to get all of you out of here but clearly clara has been turned into some kind of monster she is fighting for the other side the best thing that you know to deal with like wooden creatures is a fire so you are going to for the next five minutes try to set Clara and possibly this room but specifically these tree parts on fire somehow. Now it doesn't have to be like the next turn 
but you got to be coming up with something. Okay. Qu- okay. Quick question about the room itself, then, so, so that way I can start thinking. Um, is there a window? Is this like a like an outward facing room to like the street or like this? Like, is there a window to go outside? Great. So let's say that the door to enter the room is south. There is a bay window that is west. There is a fireplace north. And then there is a wall that looks like it's just uh, shelves and like knickknacks, books and things like that. And that is east. Okay. You are facing south right now. Okay. As I see what transpires and see Alaria stuck against the wall and tree Clara, I look around the room and I see the fireplace on the north side of the, the room. And I get up and I sprint towards it, looking for matches, perhaps a fire starter. If it's a gas fireplace, if I can just turn it on. High or low for gas? High. 98. It's a gas fireplace. Excellent. And then there's also, are there also like matches or or perhaps like a candle lighter? Uh, There's a pilot light that's just like blue and blazing right now. Oh, okay. So it's kind of on already. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to turn it all the way up. Okay. You all watch as Max like crawls back, gets to the fireplace, and he just cranks the dial on that. Like he's going to make this scene intense. And it is blazing hot now in this room, but it does look cool. And if I have any more available moves I just or at least or at least want to know if there's any wood or uh, books or anything like that uh, she wouldn't have wood there yeah. but she would have lots of books okay with your last bit of you know looking around and just the end of your turn swirling around you do notice that under Mary's desk there is a small little uh, it's kind of like a little basket that's full of things like brandy and cognac, vodka, and things of that nature. Bellamy, you have not had your morning pee-pee poo-poo yet, so if you need to go do that. (laughs) I do. I do that. I'm in there for like three hours, so I really have time to like think about everything I've seen. My legs get numb, but I shake it off a little. It's fine. So I do think... I, I definitely sit there uh, for a, a little bit because I just learned a lot of shit. Uh, specifically, Darius did, in fact, create us. Uh, we don't know the real Mary. We don't... Alaria Copies. There's copies. There's many copies. Um... Shit is crazy. I think I'm kind of in a daze. Um, That's right. You kind of are in a daze. Roll sanity. 100. Excuse me? <laughs> 100? Uh, over 65? Yes. Yes, ma'am. For the next five minutes, you think that Darius is in trouble. 
The Mary Mason that you know is some kind of a clone. Perhaps the Alaria that you know is some kind of a clone. Nighthawk is apparently insane. And all of these people need to be stopped. Now, you did not say much while you were in the secret manager's room of the Starfire, but you did absorb everything that happened there. And you know that Alaria and Mary are sisters. And you know that Nighthawk thinks that Alaria is their mom. It's somewhat of a harebrained scheme, but why don't you go and check out Max's bag? See if there's anything in there that might help you and make your way over to some kind of a Mason compound or perhaps to the Watley compound because maybe that's where they went. Watley's the only other person that might know where they are and he was there with you. So I'll give you a choice. Do you want to go to Watley's or do you want to go and try and find Mary Mason's house? Because I think Mary Mason is insane and will probably kill me before I could get to my friends and warn them and help them, I'm going to Watley's place. Great. How would you like to get there? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to call Rudy Yelp. How do you uh, How do you do that? You got a phone in your room, or you get to go to the front desk, be seen? Um, I'm going to go to the front desk and be seen. That's great. Makes... That sounds like a terrible plan. Well, yeah, wonderful. But it's I the first love thing it. that comes to mind. So crazy states. No, you're supposed to be making bad plans right now. Okay. So you walk out the door, you grab the newspaper that's sitting right in front of you because, Hey, everyone needs to hide behind a newspaper every now and again, when they're trying to escape being seen and you run into the front desk office. Well, there is Gerard. And he says, (laughs) uh, Bellamy deep. Uh, no, yes, no, no. Uh, no? No, I am, uh, time out for a second. What's on the front of the paper? What's on the paper? You weren't looking at that. No, but I'm going to look at it for a name. Are are my friends' names on the paper? Oh, yeah. Uh, front page, the Sacred Five, listing all of you as friends, you know, are, uh, are dead. Fantastic. Reset is uh, pending. And so now that's another thing that you're dealing with because now you know from the front front page news that everyone in this world apparently knows about these resets. So go ahead and roll sanity for me. I'm already crazy. I get me double crazy. Double crazy. (laughs) Okay, 58. That's under. So. Okay, great. And did I assign you sanity point loss earlier? No. No? Okay. Let's do three points. Okay, that's still under, so it's okay. So I take this all in and I say, uh, Claire Carter, I'm Claire Carter. Uh, okay, sure, lady. Um, so, Miss Carter, uh, how can I help you? I need to borrow your phone. Roll spot hidden as he hands over the phone. He just lifts up the phone. It makes a little jangle as he puts down the, the whole unit. Uh, I got a three out of 46 for a hard success. Okay, great. So as you're dialing the numbers, you see that he takes his knee and he pops it up underneath the counter. Nothing else happens, but you just see that he pops up his knee against the counter. 
And now it is 42's turn. Clara, you feel, and you're not quite sure how, two gigantic hands as they press around your trunk-like arm slash wrist. And there's a great force that's being applied. And you can see and hear the vibrations of this metal thing that is now assaulting your arm. And you hear this like splintering as Alaria just like crushes your arm down to nothing. So where there was like a little wooden hand, or I should say a big wooden hand, now that's really separate from you. And you hear Twiggy just like agonizing in pain and she draws up a bunch of hit points from you, like eight. Oof as she's trying to heal herself, but you see yourself just kind of fall down and getting much, much shorter, but you still look really wooden. Um, And then Alaria will kind of take off the hand portion of this chunk of root that is on her, and she's just going to hurl it uh, in your general direction. And that's going to be versus your dexterity. So give me a dex roll. 49 out of 70. Okay. Uh, So she hurls it in your direction and you step out of the way. But unfortunately, that leaves Mary and Edward exposed. But just as they're about to get hit, you feel like part of your face sort of like jut out. And now you have this giant shield type thing that is between Edward and Mary and Alaria. So now they're somewhat protected. So you kind of have like this like wall of vine essentially protecting them. And the big root just kind of bounces off of this wall and tumbles back onto the floor. You all hear the door rattling and shaking, but you don't know who is on the other side. And then you hear sneakers as they squeak and run away. Edward. What's Mary's condition right now? Is she unconscious? She is is unconscious. Okay. Do I feel like with my um, expertise that she is in danger of dying? Uh, So she has taken on a lot of damage to her skull. So you can look in her eyes. You can see that like she has some legitimate swelling that's happening around her brain. She likely needs to get medical care immediately in order to survive. I mean, like you're thinking that she's probably going to have to have like some kind of bores or something like drilled into her skull to relieve the pressure. In my knowledge, what time frame am I looking at for a patient that has that type of injury or wound? Depending on how you want them to come out. So if you want them to be, you know, functional, but like maybe they don't remember how to ride a bicycle or don't know how to walk, you could probably wait 10 minutes. But if you don't want them to lose a lot of function, you really need to get a drill and start relieving some pressure immediately. 
And as I look at Ilaria and Clara gripped in battle, what do I assess of Ilaria's condition? Does she look like she's injured or is she just got like scratches on her? You can see that her face is just covered in blood. So now, I mean, you can just see that all of her blood was just being pulled out of her just skin. I think I have to believe that Watley and Clara and Max probably are going to be able to handle Ilaria. And uh, unfortunately, at this point right now, I because obviously I don't know about Max's condition, so I have to assume he is helping us. But I, I can understand how dire Mary's situation is. And, and due to my relationship with her, I'll probably have to um, focus on her Um, and see if I can remedy her condition. Um, But once again, through magical means, um, I don't think... uh, Well, actually, Mary would probably have a lot of tools here. Um, Just a quick, like scan of the room do i see her like medical bag that you know she normally carries with her yeah absolutely so as you're scanning the room and it's nice because you have this big wall of vines that is kind of protecting you and the room is super illuminated now from the fire you see her medical bag but you can swear to yourself that that was not in the room before and it almost looks a little bit too pristine and when you think that that medical bag doesn't look exactly like you thought it would it's almost like the bag changes slightly and it becomes the bag that you know her to carry and then you remember that you don't know why you remember this that if you press on one of the panels you can go into a different room. Do I feel like I would have a greater success in her recovery in this room? Is that what I am understanding from this memory or a a way to escape the battle with her in tow so that she is safer? Yeah, it mostly would be a way for you to get her out of the battlefield. Okay. But you would also be removing yourself. Do I believe that I would be able to utilize her medical bag and relieve her of this injury enough to possibly rejoin the battle if I stayed in this room? Like what what level of like surgery am I going to be performing and, and what is my knowledge of how long it'll take? My assumption would be that with your medical skills, you would know that you need to get her to a secure room, do what you can to relieve the pressure, and call 911 to get someone there that can actually take her to the hospital. And possibly even call the police, because this is a really bad situation. I I don't know if I would call the police right now, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I guess we could call 911 and then leave. And just that way somebody comes and gets her. Um, okay. I uh, And is she like in a, a chair? Is she like tied down? She was tied down, but Watley removed her from the chair. So she is laying on the ground. Her face is almost unrecognizable from being beaten up so much. Okay. I will uh, lift her up carefully. I will grab the bag and I will hit the panel and leave my friends behind. Okay. 
you do so successfully, you find yourself in a small room that has like a big leather couch where you can set her down. And when you open the medical bag, you see suspiciously only the items that you would need to do the procedure that you need to do now. Watley. Well, I need to stop Alaria from hurting Clara slash Twiggy. So I will attack. Okay. Uh, 67 out of 75 is a normal success. And you can roll your damage, which is a 1 die 8 plus your bonus damage. Okay. 5 and 4, so 9. So you deliver a pretty significant blow to Alaria, and you cut off a piece of her armor. So your machete is able to just slice through one of her shoulder pieces and it kind of just breaks off the right arm completely. And you'll notice that the arm is very, very white and wrinkly, like it's been in some kind of a fluid for a long time. And you see fluid just pouring out of the suit and onto the floor. And there are these little ports all up and down her arms. And she looks at you just like totally exasperated and very upset that you've messed up her shit. Watley, do you want to move back or do you want to stay where you are and stay positioned to hit again? Based on the information that I've gathered from her looking at me, I would like to take a step back. Okay. So you do a couple steps back, just shuffling back really quickly, but you're ready for another attack should she come after you this time. But who knows why she would? Clara. Is that eye still in the ceiling? Yes, it is. Can I discern any kind of expression from it? No, it seems to be observing now. Okay. And how big am I currently? Am I still taller than normal? You or? are slightly taller than Edward, who I th- or no, you're probably slightly taller than Max, who I think is the tallest character right now. Okay. And I think we established I can talk to Twiggy mm-hmm. in my head versus out loud. So I would want to focus my mind and reach out to her internally and say Twiggy... I want to help you. I don't know what to do. I think maybe if you go for the arm, would it help if we're invisible? High or low for favorable results? Low? Um, well, I've actually never gone invisible before, so, um, sure. W- what could it hurt? Oh, you know, just an eye. <laughs> um, but. We're together now. We we can protect each other. That's right. It'll, it's me and you it'll be fine. End. Yeah, hopefully not ending anytime soon. Of course not. I just got here. Okay. Yeah, we we got this. And like I've done in the past, I will put my hand on my cheek where the scar is, and I will focus on turning invisible. Okay. You see these kind of scenes flash before you and you get this like really weird sensation. It's almost like a jumping from one train car to the next. It's just so scary as you make that jump while everything around you is going so, so fast. 
And as you make that jump, you don't end up in this place where you would normally end up when you go invisible. You're in this room. There's this huge hearth. There's a chair and there are two people yelling at each other behind a desk. And all you can see is this like pink swirly orb right around them. And then suddenly that eye that was in the ceiling It looks in your direction, and the eye floats to you. What do you do? Who are you? Where am I? You notice that you feel alone here. Since Twiggy has been with you, it's almost like you've become accustomed to having her nearby, her memories where she's been before, even the smells that you smell are enhanced because of her. And when you say, who are you? You feel like she's not there to also ask the question with you. The eye is probably the size of your head and it gets to you. And then all of a sudden, the person that the eye belongs to is right in front of you. It's like they just got there and caught up with their eye. And you see this person that looks so familiar to you, but looks kind of older than the Mary Mason that you know. Don't worry. I am not here to hurt you. I'm here to teach you. Teach me what? I'm trying to save my friends. I don't even know how I got here. That's right. That's because you're completely incompetent. And I'm here to make you less incompetent. Okay, a little bit rude. Um, my friends are in danger, like, right now. When you say a little bit rude, she takes her hands and pushes you into the hearth of the fireplace. And you feel yourself burning and burning. And that's your turn. Max, you notice that Clara sort of seeps out of visibility, but she's not invisible to you. You can just kind of see this like charcoalish outline. It's almost like she became a charcoal drawing right in front of you. The only thing that you can see is this tiny little plant that would be sort of where a person's lungs are. And instead of lungs, she's just got these little wooden things taking over. I gotta save her. From the fireplace, I will run back to grab uh, two bottles of the largest amounts of alcohol I can find and then splash some onto the, the wooden creature that's controlling Clara and then try to make a line to the fire and then as I walk backwards toward back to the fireplace, make a line on the floor so that way I can take a piece of paper from a book and use it to light the line of alcohol to the wooden creature that has uh, possessed Clara. Okay. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, demolitions it seems like almost it, but not quite. I think demolitions makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to spend some luck points. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to use 10 luck points. I rolled a 16. I'm going to use 10 luck points and bring it down to a six, which would make it an extreme success. Okay. 
So your plan works flawlessly. Uh, there is the scene is set for a beautiful effigy or you know whatever. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna burn the shit out of, of Clara's host. That's for sure. As, as this plant is kind of, kind of coming to light, too, you can see these little tendrils of, like, roots and twig kind of pulsing. And there's, like, this light that is becoming a lot more chaotic. And it almost seems like it's a little worried about you, which really bolsters you of, like, yeah, you should be fucking scared of me. And um, that is where we will end your turn. And we'll go back to Bellamy. Oh, yes. Uh, knee to the table, phone to my ear. So I just go ahead and call Rudy. High or low for favorable results? Um, let's go high. The phone rings and rings and rings, but Rudy's wife does not answer. Okay, I... I'm still crazy, aren't I? Yes. No, you're just coming up with a bad plan. Okay. You're not crazy. You have all of your faculties. Mm. It's just the plan that's really bad. Okay. So my only option for a quick getaway is going to be on foot, which can only get me so far so fast. Can't get in touch with Rudy. So uh, I am going to put my hand further down the cord of the phone and then swing it really hard at the desk person attempting to hit them in the face and then run out of the hotel and whatever. I'm going to go out the front door, but then run to the back of the building and run in whatever direction I think Watley's place is. Well, let's let's resolve the telephone hitting first before we get any further. Sure. Let's just not assume that we're walking away from this encounter. <laughs> I would like you to roll a fighting brawl. Uh, (laughs) So that it's a good thing I have 99 luck because I'm about to I'm about to roll. What are you good at fighting at? What's your good fight score? Spear. Because of my Tai Chi. That's not like a phone. That's not like a phone at all. No. All right. Nunchucks, though. Why couldn't it be nunchucks? Anyway. You could. Well, you didn't. You didn't do that. No, I didn't. Um, It's fine. Roll fighting brawl. brawl. I have 99 luck. I can blow some of this. I got a one. So that's an extreme success. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you're about to kill Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ben today, guys. (laughs) So you take this phone cord and you grab the middle of the of the windy cord and you throw it. And at first you think you miss, but it just wraps around his neck several times before clocking him right in the temple, just in this place where, you know, he's going to just pass out right here and he loses consciousness in front of you. So I go ahead and run around the counter and immediately start rummaging through their pockets looking for a set of keys. You find a, a really big set of keychains. It, it's a lot of keychains, but only like three three keys. Of course. Uh, and then I will uh, take off in the direction of the parking lot 
and start using the key on each car that's not occupied to try to get in and start it. And don't forget that you also have in your plan to get Max's bag, right? Oh, yeah. I think if I was going to do that, I would have just grabbed that along the way. Like when I left, when I picked up the newspaper, I would have just slid in there, seen nobody was there, saw Max's bag, picked it up and took it with me. And what are you doing with the dogs? You do have Maslow and Clem with you at the t- at the moment. They could just come along. Just okay, follow great. behind me. We all going on a little... <laughs> Clem is watching this like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> so you hear this little blip blip as you're trying to find uh, the car that belongs to Gerard. And you do see his really like nice truck out in the parking lot. Um, it is one of the big tall trucks with the big wheels and the huge smokestacky pipes. And um, it is, it is for, it's all of his paychecks every single, every mm-hmm. single week. I mean, that's where this money goes. And when you get into the car, it looks really nice. And there are energy drinks that are just like sitting there waiting to be consumed. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a journey. You have to work hard to get the dogs into because they're both like really small dogs mm-hmm. into the cab because like you have to like step up to get in there. So, I mean, like it's almost like half your body to even get to the floorboard. It's so it's so big, you know, and it has to be because he works at a, at, a, at a motel. So, you know, thank God I worked so hard to get fit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So the dogs are in the truck with you and you in the most uh, most outlandish vehicle I've ever thought of in my own mind. Um, you drive down this country road and this is a standard. So you're not, you know what? Roll driving for me. That'd be great. I already wasted my one. This is going to be, it's a 13 for drive auto is a, a normal success. Okay, great. So as a normal person who doesn't normally drive a stick, you are grinding gears, but you are making your way down the road. But every time you need to shift, it's, you know, it's just horrible. The transmission is gone by the time you get to Watley's estate, Uh, but you get there fast because you are not fucking around. Uh, So you've been in fifth gear for a really long time. You get there and you don't really know what to do. So you just press the brakes, which is fine. The car works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'll even say that you set the emergency brakes so that you d- Maybe you drove the whole way there with the emergency brake on too. Yeah, that's That fine. would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Good thing that when you stop, it still stays stopped. But the car smells really bad now because you've been driving with the emergency brake on the entire time. And you get to Watley's. Um, and that's going to be your turn. Fair enough. Because that was a long turn. And we'll give you uh, two minutes into Crazy Plan. Oh, no. Okay. Having uh, taken what 42 thinks is a very cheap shot at her, um, she's going to focus her attention on Watley. And you see from her suit, she pulls out this uh, kind of like spacey looking item. You're not quite sure what it is. It looks like a water gun to you more than anything. And uh, she pulls this out, points it in your direction. 
wonderful. There's no possible way that your dexterity is less than a 15. And uh, she fires something at you. And it's not, it's not a bullet. It's not water, but it's something strange coming in your direction. And you feel yourself getting woozy as this kind of foam makes its way from the end of this implement into your mouth and it just sort of enters your nostrils and you feel it as it oozes back your throat and you feel bloated. You feel like this thing is just invading you. It's like you're being consumed from the inside by foam. And then you realize that you can't breathe and you hear your heart beating in your ears. It takes a couple of seconds, but you're unable to move because this thing has made you so heavy. Your chest just falls forward. And you are on the ground. Everyone else in the room does notice that Watley is down, but you don't see why he went down. You just see that he kind of face planted onto the floor. It seems to grow dark outside. You look through this large bay window and it's covered with the flapping wings of what looks like thousands and thousands of crows. And they're all moving in some kind of a formation. And then they swirl around in the sky, blocking the sunlight completely. And they dart through the window, many of them dying on impact. But now the room is flooded with hundreds and hundreds of birds. Edward. Okay, so I immediately go into action knowing that the time frame that I have to save Mary uh, is very limited um, with skilled ease and practice I start grabbing the utensils that I need the the tools um, and I will immediately start to relieve the pressure that is swelling uh, within her head to prevent any kind of brain damage would a first aid or I, I also have science anatomy I don't know if that would apply in this situation um, also medicine, but I don't think medicine would apply in this situation. Um, so I will refer to your guidance. Um, I would take the higher of any of those skills. Okay. So I do have a 90 in first aid. Okay. Um, a 81 in medicine and then uh, a 61 in anatomy. So I will take first aid. Okay. Okay, so that's a 43, um, and that is actually a hard success of 45. Okay, great. You seem to be moving in a way that you've never moved before, and you it's almost like you can hear what Mary would be telling you, you know, if you were in an OR just across the table from her. You know, like, you should, you know, just a little bit of pressure. Okay, back off. And you feel so calm and serene while all of this is happening. And you are able to 
essentially perform the procedure now that you're out of all of the chaos. Do you intend to go back into the room? Yes. Uh, now that I know that Mary is in a little bit more of a stable condition, I think I would think about going back to the main room to find a phone to call 911 so that an ambulance is on the way. Uh, but I think as I enter the room, I see the chaos that is going on. So before you leave the room, you see a portable phone inside of Mary's bag. I will use it. I will call 911. Okay. You do so, and the operator answers, takes your information, and you know that an ambulance is on the way. Okay. And I'll let you enter the room, too. So... What do I see? (laughs) You see a charcoal-like drawing of Clara. And you see Watley on the floor, his eyes kind of bulging, as he seems to be, like, unable to catch his breath. But then he closes his eyes as he passes out. You see Max as he is taking this, like, thing of alcohol and making a trail kind of like and he's just now passing Clara so he's clearly on the way to where Alaria is but he's just right there where Clara is so he seems to be you know going headfirst into a plan to take on something with fire oh and there are hundreds of birds hundreds and hundreds of them have they entered the building They are all about the room, and as soon as you enter, all of their eyes flash in your direction. Can I use, like, an action action surge and get another (laughs) turn? (laughs) Is that that the end of my turn? Uh, I'll let you do it, yeah, because Bellamy had a fucking two-minute turn over here. So, I, I don't know what's going on with Clara, but I know that there is this entity named Twiggy that we've witnessed and in her prowess. Uh, Max looks like he's probably up to some kind of demolition thing, um, but I don't... Do I feel like his intent is ill will towards Clara? There is no possible way that you would read that his intent is ill will towards Clara. So he is just trying to light Ilaria on fire somehow. Yeah, and I mean, then, he's trying to set something on fire. So then I guess my first instinct would be to go help Watley because I can see that he's suffocating uh, on the ground um, for some reason, which I probably don't know what uh, happened. Um, so I would like to aid Watley. Okay, roll first aid. All right. Uh, that is a 50 flat. Uh, first eight is 90, but you know what? I'm just going to spend five luck points to make that a hard success because I think okay. it's necessary. You right get now. over to Watley. His airway is clear. There's nothing wrong with him. He just seems to be unable to catch his breath. Maybe the wind was knocked out of him or something, but you set him up, uh, kind of pat him on his back and he should be taking in air, but he just, he won't take in a breath for whatever reason. Watley, you 
can't find it within yourself to remember either consciously or subconsciously that you need to expel all of the carbon air in your lungs and bring in new fresh air. Uh, you just can't make that happen for yourself. You're so confused. And even though Edward has kind of brought you back, you just, you feel woozy and you kind of feel sleepy. So I feel that I have this foam in me, right? Yep. Like that expanding foam that you get for like insulation. That's what you feel like is inside of you. Okay. I would like to use telekinesis to push it up from inside and out my mouth. Okay. Roll a telekinesis. I can do that. That's a 10. So extreme success. Okay. Edward, you see as Watley's as his eyes sort of start fluttering and then he uses his hands to make these motions almost like he's squeezing toothpaste or something and you watch as like this weird teal liquid just kind of comes out of his mouth it's so gross and it smells so bad it smells so bad it smells like old old onions and potatoes that have been rotting in a pantry it's so disgusting Watley, you've relieved yourself of the film and you take in a deep breath. (gasps) Oh, God. What? I would like to catch my breath and stand up. Clara, you are in this space and now you feel on fire as you are inside of the of the fireplace that is just raging. But you notice that you are not harmed for whatever reason. It's almost like you're not really there. And the woman before you holds up her hand and flicks two fingers as though summoning you forward. I will walk forward. You watch as one of her eyes pops out of her head and it just scrolls over to this library and it's looking up and down the shelves over and over. And then you just watch her hand as she looks like she's going to reach for a book. And then she does. She grasps onto something, but it's all invisible. And then when she pulls her hand in front of you, there is a book there. Her eye is placed back in her socket and you see her flipping through and this book floats up in front of you and you see this language that you don't know or understand. And for what seems like hours and possibly even a full day, you stay with Mary And she teaches you the spell, Wrath of Ages. This deadly spell is only cast in dire need as it exacts a heavy cost upon the caster. The caster slices deeply into their open hand, one damage in each instance, and gestures toward their intended target or targets in an arc, spraying their blood through the air. The caster may select one to five targets, allocating 
five die six damage split between the targets. The damage uh, ignores armor and manifests as the target withers rapidly. Uh, skin begins to decay and turn to dust to the point where the target killed by the spell simply explodes in a cloud of dust and ash. To cast this, it's going to cost you 10 magic points, one die six sanity points, and one hit point. It takes one round to cast. Okay, why don't you go away and try this? Real quick question. I mean, loads of questions, but quick question. Is that your sister down there? My sister? No. That's my sister. And where your eye hole is, you feel something growing in there. Something foreign that is not twiggy and you see that you are connected now with your eye hole and Mary's floating eye and she pops out her eye again and you look in the corner and you see this other Alaria who looks exactly like yours only she's just in leather armor she doesn't look to be kind of all buffed up and stuff like that and beside her is a smaller version of Nighthawk someone that you completely recognize and then walking across the room is Nighthawk with maybe a different gender identity and then coming down the stairs is another Nighthawk that looks completely different. They are just all around this library. And each time you look at one of them, they look and they're like, oh, hey, hi. Hi, um, I can't wrap my brain around this right now. Um, no, you can't, roll sanity. Oh. Eighty-one out of ninety-five. Do you try to go? Do you try to go back into the to the battle? Yes. So now that I have this information, I know that the person in the battle who's attacking is not this Mary's sister. So perhaps she's some kind of imposter. I. I'm just going to ignore the whole Nighthawk thing for now because I can't possibly process that. And I'm going to try to go back into the fray. I think with your successful sanity roll, you can understand that the people that you are with right now are probably the real versions of themselves and that the people that you know and speak to in other areas are not. Okay. You enter the scene again, and everyone you see as Clara's form comes back to normal. Twiggy, are you there? Oh my god, I thought you left me forever! Oh, it's so good to be back. Um, I think someone's trying to hurt us, though. Yeah, I think we need to... We need to protect ourselves now. I That's think, right. I think I have the tools now to do it. Could uh, okay? Could you scratch my hand? 
and she kind of tickles your hand as she scratches it, but like she doesn't quite understand what you mean. <laughs> Is it enough of a scratch for me to do? No. Okay. Does she have any like little branches or twigs sticking out still? Oh, sure. I will take one of them myself, assuming I can keep it back. Yeah, keep going. I will take one of the branches myself in one hand and scratch my own hand in the fashion that Mary taught me. You cut deeply into your hand and you take one hit point of damage. And you take six points of sanity damage. You also remove ten points of magic points. And you begin speaking some otherworldly chant. And it fills the room. All of you hear as these words are just bouncing off of the walls. And the crows start calling and swirling about. There is wind from some otherworldly place that is just sort of swirling around the room. And then all of a sudden, from her eyes and fingertips and mouth, there is this darkness that comes out of Clara. And where are you directing this darkness? If possible, I'd like to direct it all at Ilaria. That is possible. Perfect. You see this huge amount of dark energy that just feels cold and ancient. Fill the room around you as Ilaria takes five die six damage. So you may roll that one. Damn! Okay. 12 damage. So you all see as Alaria is kind of just taken down to her knees and this tar looking stuff seems to be dripping out of her nose and her mouth. It is really bad. Clara, you look up to the eye and you'll notice that another eye pops up one that you don't recognize at all. And you feel worried. And that's where we're going to call it. (laughs) What the hell? Oh boy. Yikes. I have so many questions and comments. Oh my god. We need to take a knee. (laughs) Let's take a knee, baby. Yes. Bye. 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 Enjoy the episode? Well, click the link in our bio to join our Discord and follow us on Twitter at St. Paxton Podcast. The opening and closing theme for Welcome to St. Paxton, The Promenade, was created by Rob Anderson. Find him at Potentially Rob. This episode was edited and produced by Steph Kingston and Hiroshi. And follow us at Steph O. Kingston and maybe Hiroshi. While you're there, follow the rest of the crew too. V is at Typical Veronica. Mike is at One Gaming Lane. Stace is at Definitely Stacy. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. 
Steph is at Starlet Firefly, and Ben is at Ben Stomach. The podcast art is made by Evan Mitchell. Find out more about his work on his podcast, For Whom the Dice Roll. Go to our website, CAFpodcast.com, to find some hidden gems and behind-the-screens info. And if you want to support the show, share us on social media. Leave a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. Check us out live at twitch.tv slash geeklyinc. And if you really want to, you can back us at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you like our work, please check out the fantastic work at geeklyinc.com. And consider supporting the network at patreon.com slash geeklyinc. You could also take a listen to the other great shows from Geekly, like Greetings Adventures, Bounty Buddies, or Dear Internet. While I may be biased and say the show is best when fully produced, there is no way I can deny the brilliance that takes place during the live recordings. Trust me, it's, it's worth a watch. And we all get to come together in the live and produced versions of the show thanks to you glorious creepers who have backed us on Patreon. People like James Roofer. Thank you, James. And thank you all for listening. Enjoy the episode? Why is this... I've got my microphone fucking backwards. Leave it to me. I see Hiroshi in his underoos. I just realized we a thing. We just reached a new level of friendship. I just realized a thing. I forgot my <laughs> webcam was on because I only saw your video. Goddamn. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Click. Uh, that felt uh, like you uh, counted ow, too ow, fast. Ow, ow. Oh Wait a minute. I got it up. It's good. Oh, okay. You got it up. That's all I care I'm gonna, about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw with my gain a little bit here because I think it's up too high from when I was streaming earlier. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's way too high. It's way too high. It's, it's hearing no the fan. Gain, no gain. There we go. There we go. Okay. So well, hold on. I'm going to get louder than that. The there we go. No, I'm going to get louder than that. I'm going to turn it all the way down. There we go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, will do. I think it's down. Shit. All right, so luck refresh, huh? Wow, right hey. out the gate. Mike? Don't, don't I, me I'm like, glad hello, you said hello. that because okay. my sticky fell off of my monitor. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> so I got to find a better system than a sticky note. Listen, I don't have luck. I need luck. <laughs> That's very fair. Hey, everybody. I mean, not my character. My character's all right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just please. Mean me personally. Say what you need to say. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's things happening where I would give all of my luck for, for a really long time for things to go the way that I need them to go. All right. Welcome back to another exciting episode. Let me start over. Things are going banana pancakes, and let me see what happens to you. <laughs> uh, Stacy, it will be Bellamy's turn in the next uh, in the next one. So, if you want to be thinking about what you want to do next, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
Did you just write uh, Max goes all Gollum on a stick? <laughs> Mike. Oh, it was Mike. <laughs> or he could go Mary and Pippin and like ride on my shoulder. <laughs> what if, as a part of my first aid, I give him mouth to mouth? It's unnecessary. <laughs> Unless you just want to smooch him. I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, joke's on you because the spell would have been dispelled with true love's first kiss. <gasps> Damn it. I knew I should have kissed him. Okay. That is your turn. All of it. Uh, Watley, you think Edward's trying to kiss you? Now I know why I'm dizzy. And use it to light the line of alcohol to the wooden creature that has uh, possessed Clara. Okay. I don't know what you would roll for I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, Demolitions seems like almost it, but not quite. He is using a book, so I want to suggest libraries. <laughs> you know how you can tell when someone's eyes, just by their eyes, they smile? You kind of sense that. Yes, smize. Thank you. Yeah, Tyra Banks in the mess. Um, <laughs> so, I think I'm kind of in a daze. Um, that's right. You kind of are in a daze. Roll sanity. No, I'm not in a daze, actually. I'm not in a daze. I completely understand everything, and it's fine. <sighs> All right. Sanity 65. 100. Excuse me? 100. <laughs> 100? 100? Uh, over 65? Yes, yes, ma'am. It doesn't even matter over 65. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know you're supposed to roll under the number, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a new concept for me. And I... You know you're supposed to roll a d20, right? <laughs> yeah, get out your should have next ben. time for your next sanity roll, okay? <laughs> yeah. Just use that D3 that we discussed before. Yes, that's that's right, Mike. Yes. That was a lot of information, though. I mean, that was... Oof. It feels right. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I have concerns. Can you make me full-ass Karen? And I'll just go Karen on the, on the person at the front desk. I'll just actually <laughs> live that out. <laughs> Your insanity is just oh that you get annoyed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the most powerful wizard is using a machine. <laughs> okay, Gandalf. 